Welcome to Holy Spontaneity. It's Cameron and Karen, and we're on a journey to find the Lord in the little moments of every day. So join us on an adventure of holy, spontaneous faith in otherwise normal lives. We're so glad you're here. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Episode two. Episode two. Of Holy Spontaneity. Holy Spontaneity. Whoop. (laughs) (laughs) So we honestly started this off by looking up who the patron saint of of podcasts were. And it's St. Maximilian Colby, but specifically of amateur radio operators, which we think is hilarious because we are definitely amateurs. What? Us? Amateur hour. We're on episode two. I think we're pretty pretty We're professionals at this point. We're professionals. We're we're, (laughs) we know everything. Everything there is to know about about, podcasting. About podcasting and public speaking and (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All my years in FFA have added up into this a podcast on holy spontaneity. And the church and and the church. God's love and... And today's topic, which is... Masculinity! Masculinity. Two girls in the Catholic faith talking about masculinity, which totally makes sense, right? Because it's today. Father's Day? Father's Day. I mean, also Corpus Christi, which is massive. Massive to the body and blood of Christ and the real presence in the Eucharist. Big time. But yeah, Father's Day. So we also also we saw Top Gun last night. So we, of course, wanted to... <laughs> no, we saw Top Gun Maverick last night. Okay, like, I'm sorry. Put the distinction in there. Yes, you're right. Put the distinction in there. Top Gun Maverick. Um, so of course, you know, while we were watching that and it's pure red-blooded American patriotism, we were like, yeah, of course we have to talk about masculinity on Father's Day after Top Gun because what else would we talk about? So... High key recommend. Um, I've now watched it twice in the past two weeks. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. They did all they did a of, great job. They did an outstanding job. We won't spoil it though. <laughs> but yeah, um, two Catholic young women talking about masculinity. Obviously, could not do it without some great, great help and advice. So we have with us a special guest. Um, Galen Gallagher, which, oh my goodness, wait, Karen Gallagher, Galen Gallagher, do you want to, like, <laughs> connect the dots for our listeners? What? what? Yeah, so, uh, my name is Galen, Galen Gallagher, um, for those wondering, me and Karen are siblings. Karen and I. <laughs> Karen, Karen and I, Karen Karen. Um, uh, yeah, I'm Galen, um, currently a student at A&M along with, uh, Cameron and Karen. Uh, just some about me. I uh, attend St. Mary's just like these two young ladies, and uh, I played on a and football team for, for four years, from 2018 to 2022, and uh, currently, now that I'm retired, spending more time at St. Mary's and doing more studying the scripture. What are you involved in at St. Mary's? I, uh, part of the Knights of Columbus at St. Mary's. I also am a table leader for RCIA. Um, I help out around um, in some 
kind of men's groups around uh, unofficial men's groups at St. Mary's trying to have a good try to find good um, Catholic men that mm-hmm. I can hang out with stuff like that forming community which is part of what St. Mary's is really good at mm-hmm. yeah okay but what you talked about Knights of Columbus what are you specifically doing with the Knights of Columbus we're gonna make you say it. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make yeah, so, uh, so I was recently elected uh, Grand Knight of the council, uh, very honored to be in that position. I think that was uh, definitely the Lord putting me there. Um, like I said, very honored to do it. I'm excited. Um, got some big ideas that I think will help the Knights be of better service uh, to the church as a whole. Um, looking forward to it. And uh, yeah. Well, we're happy you're here. Thanks for your happy. Thanks we for were. <laughs> Cam and I were actually. Um, when we were, you know, sitting and praying and, you know, talking about what we wanted to talk about and mm-hmm. how to go about today's episode, we were, you know, wanting to make sure that our thoughts and opinions obviously be aligned to the church and the church's teachings and, you know, wouldn't just be just a, you know, nitpicky list or, you know, however else this conversation might lead. But, you know, we thought, why not just get some really mature young men in our lives like advice mm-hmm. and so Galen was one of the first people we thought of and we had asked um you know if there are anything or some things that you would want to tell young men nowadays um about masculinity about you know et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. um what would that be and why and he just like popped off we're on the phone at this point um he's like 10 minutes and this conversation, and Cam and I are like, we put ourselves on mute, and it's like, why don't we just have him on the episode? Yep. So, <laughs> so fast here forward. we are. Here we are. <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess we can start off with, wow, um, you talked about mm-hmm. earlier today, um, today was the, you know, solemnity of Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. um, most holy body and blood of Christ, whoop to that. Um, whoop to that. So we did go to Mass this morning. Um, Father Will had a outstanding homily. Um, what were some things he talked about? So, um, one of the, the biggest things that stood out to me talking about, especially, um, fatherhood because it is Father's Day, um, was how fathers can't focus on having their wives and their children be the treasure of their lives. And at first, you know, we're sitting here, we're, we're hearing this homily and we're a little confused. Like, you know, obviously they, they're really important. And, um, one of the biggest things surrounding fatherhood is providing, um, for their families. But what he went on to say was, um, that the father's relationship with God must be their treasure. The treasure has to be their relationship with God because otherwise there's no mercy, there's no forgiveness of sins, there's no focusing on anything um, but God. So God has to be the center of our relationships. God has to be um, the Father's treasure and in that he can lead his wife, he can lead his children, um, which really just focused entirely um, on masculinity within the church, which is perfect because that's what we wanted to talk about today 
anyway. So mm -hmm. I, I was really, really glad um, to hear that because I'd never heard of it spoken um, in that way before that, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like dad sometimes will say like, you know, you're my princess, you're like my little treasure, that sort of thing. Um, and you know, kids are little and, and that's fine. And they need to hear that they're important, um, to their dads, but really how can men lead if they are not first rooting themselves in Christ's love and developing a relationship with God? They can't. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. um, so I was really, really excited to hear Father Will talk about that. I mean, I even wrote in my notes, really excellent homily. <laughs> so it's really cute. She put like stars next to it. I did put stars <laughs> next to it. I, <laughs> yeah, I did. I even, I drew monstrance too for today. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but we, we wanted to focus on that being the center topic on our podcast, even though it's kind of a it's kind of a deep topic and really that's because of today's world. Um I feel like we live in a society and you know correct me if I'm wrong or if y'all have differing opinions on this, but I feel like we live in a society that calls any kind of masculinity toxic um as though any kind of chivalrous act is a dig on like a woman's ability to do things and I want to change that narrative because that is the most unhealthy, that's a toxic narrative in and of itself. Um, the idea that masculinity is toxic. So um, that's kind of why we wanted to focus on that, this episode specifically, because we can't, we can't go about life thinking that or um, proclaiming that. And we have to fight back against society's narrative that it is so. That and, like, I mean, how many times have we talked about, not just, like, Cam and I, we, but, like, hmm. the topic of how the society is, is lacking hmm. in masculinity. Yeah. In, in true masculinity. And it's, it's, it's scary. The, you know, the things that are happening in today's world and, you know, it's kind of leads one of the causes is, you know, lack of masculinity. And, you know, that kind of ties into another thing that Father talked about this morning was um, he brought up uh, The Fatherly Priesthood, which is a book by Jacques Philippe. And, you know, he said there is one or two chapters where he, um, Jacques Philippe, um, had like four components of uh, just fatherhood, especially that of, you know, um, just basic fathers and what they do and he had said that fathers provide connection mercy freedom in a sense of um provide direction and it was really funny because he got to the the fourth component and he was like hmm this this fourth component has escaped me well we'll just we'll skip over we'll it skip and he it. like <laughs> left it off a cliffhanger and he was like well i guess you just have to go and like read the book yeah <laughs> so it's like so now we have to read the book <laughs> da -da. we can't figure out what it is but, you know, fathers provide connection, you know, and he talked about um, how, you know, they connect. They connect the child to the other members of the household, and they should be able to connect or bring the children, bring his wife closer to the Lord, as, as you so put it. Um, and this one, like, really got me, but fathers provide 
mercy. Mm-hmm. Fathers provide forgiveness or, you know, the father should be the vessel of the Lord in providing mercy. Because mm-hmm. if we link that back to, you know, the sacrament of reconciliation um, in the Catholic Church, what happens? You know, it's not the priest himself forgiving our sins, but the priest is being a vessel. He's being Jesus. Jesus is using the priest mm-hmm. to confess our sins. Or to confess, to absolve. We're confessing Hopefully. There's confession in there somewhere. Yeah. Confession, confession in there somewhere. <laughs> confession in there somewhere. It's, um, in the, it's in the name. Yep. But, but fathers provide mercy. And then what else do they do? Fathers provide freedom. And I, I like how Father Will, um, he did kind of... He said, like, it's it's kind of funny how, you know, kids growing up, they think that dads take away their freedom. Right. You know, they set boundaries. They set rules. They they say Perfumes no and, and, and all that right. stuff. Mm-hmm. But really, it's like that freedom's providing protection. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what I what had written down from that part of his homily was they give us the direction and the opportunity to make good decisions. Because you can't, when you're, when you're finally given that freedom, you know, when you graduate and go off on your own, um, if you haven't been raised with understanding boundaries um, and curfews and things like that, then you won't be able to have the willpower to make those good decisions on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, you know, that's very much why society is lacking those boundaries nowadays is because of that um that lack of freedom in fatherhood and that in that kind of very weird sense of actually setting boundaries and um and discipline and things like that so Mm -hmm. yeah um i know one of the biggest biggest things i've heard about the fatherhood is that a child the way that they will first view the father in heaven will be based upon how they view their earthly father you know, if a child looks at his dad with um, this sense of, I don't really trust you, then they'll have sort of this distrust towards the Father in Heaven. Or if they see their father with, you know, great amounts of love, they'll have even greater love for their Father in Heaven. And you see this, you know, an example of Pope John Paul II. They said, I heard in an Ascension, Pres- Ascension Presents video, that the main reason he became a, a priest was because of the genuine faith he saw in his dad. So I think that's something that each man needs to realize that the responsibility that comes with being a father is that you will be viewed by, you know, these little eyes that, you know, you are the mirror or you are the, you are the first sign of Christ in that child's eyes. So that's why it's so important to have that relationship with the father in heaven so that you can better image yourself to be like the father so that these kids have a good example of what it means. Yeah. And that's, that's something I think I definitely took for granted as a child. I mean, I really wasn't a rebellious kid at all. Um, but I I would get annoyed with, you know, sometimes boundaries that were set, curfews that were set, certain things, um, that frustrated me that 
now I realize were only for my own formation, my own safety, um, things like that. And I've been really blessed to have a really good faithful dad who does lead in that way. Um, and I know that as long as we continue having these good families with good fathers who understand the necessity behind um, leading and forming their children and their wives in good faith, um, you know, we can continue having good, holy families um, and lots more people would go to heaven. <laughs> so, which, ooh, that's a good, that's a good step to um, step off of. Um, one of the last things that oh, I just loved about Father Will's homily, um, he talked about, he, he continued on from talking about fatherhood and then he kind of threw in the, the importance of today's solemnity and then um, kind of ending his homily off with emphasizing the importance of working on our personal relationships with the Father. Um, you know, it says God should be first. Our relationship with Him should be most important. And then he said only God can be all things for all people, mm-hmm. which I really, really liked. And then he kind of ended it off with the teachings of the church can only make sense if you have a true relationship with Christ. And then he kind of like tied it all together with this pretty red bow. And he kind of like also that, but like mic dropped because he, he ended it off with, you know, fathers, how important is it for you to like pass on traditions to your children? How important is it to pass on advice to your children? And he said, don't miss passing this advice on. And, like, he legit, like, it always if he, like, dropped the mic and, like, walked away. Because it was, like, <laughs> such, like, a good way to, like, end it, you know. Yeah. Um, the teaching of the church can only make sense if you have a true relationship with Christ. And it's, like, that's that's what matters, you yeah. know. It's, like, just as Galen said, it's our relationship with the Lord kind of builds upon how we view our earthly fathers, so it's like, if, if that would be, you know, the mindset of the fathers we have nowadays, it's like, if their one main goal was to, you know, not just, yes, make sure that they're taken care of. Yes, make sure that they're told that they're loved. Yes, make sure that, you know, all these other things. But most importantly, like, in all situations, in all circumstances, lead them back to the Lord. Ask them how... Or when or if they've talked to God today. Did you go and spend time with him in prayer? You know? Things like that. And it's like... Gosh. the If you have a true relationship with Christ. Not just a relationship where, you know, five minutes like, Oh, hi Jesus. Okay, this is what happened to me. Okay, bye. And it's just, you know, like what kind of a relationship is that? Right. You, know, you not, have to work at relationships. It you takes know, just, time. And just like... Friend trip, friend trips. <laughs> friend trips. Friend trips. Friend trips are, you have to work at those too. Um, Honestly. But friendships and like significant others in your lives, yeah. um, you have to work at those. So mm-hmm. why would you assume that you could have a deep relationship with Christ when you're spending so little time with him? Exactly. And you're not being intentional in the way that you're spending that little time with him. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm always praying for fathers 
at mass. You know, I see these these great dads and their littles, um, or their bigs. um, Bigs. Yeah, they're bigs. (laughs) This is not a sorority, but I, I see them at mass. And sometimes, you know, I can't imagine the heavy weight on their shoulders of knowing they're leading their families to Christ in everything that they do um, and being that role model. And so I'm, I'm always praying for dads and for future dads because that's a heavy, almost burden to carry is, you know, in uh, burden is burden is a hard say, word. I, burden. I don't know if I say burden, but I would say like, a, I don't say it's a cross. cross. It, but it is it's, a cross. It's a though. vocation. It is a vocation, yeah. but it is a cross though. Like it, yeah. it can be a burden because it, it requires sacrifice, and that can be hard. Yeah, and it's not something that God asks us to do by ourselves. You know, it, yeah. No matter what vocation a man is called to, it's priesthood, religious life, or married life. God said, God promises that. Whatever he calls you to, he will walk you through with it, no matter how hard it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Praise it to the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so um, with that on fatherhood, maybe some of the people listening are dads, but probably a majority of them are not. So um, what some other things that we wanted to discuss were as, you know, sons of of god how can um how can they improve on their relationship with god um what does masculine masculinity look like to men um what especially in the church especially in the church especially in the church and then how can we as women like reaffirm men of their masculinity especially in today's society yes so oh i love that because yeah. you did talk about a lot about toxic toxic masculinity yeah those t's really get you (laughs) spontaneity and toxic masculinity all the t's normally work with that southern accent she's got going on no (laughs) not really going back to our first episode we're from texas Texas. yeah (laughs) so um yeah any thoughts lots of thoughts Oh, yeah, lots, 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 lots of thoughts. Lots of thoughts? Lots of thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I guess I can start with what we kind of started off with, um, going back to uh, Theology of the Body with St. John Paul II. Um, you know, and, and I know in the Theology of the Body, St. John Paul II speaks a lot about the femininity of women, but I know he talks a little bit about the masculinity of men, and one thing I brought up earlier was, in our conversation, was how, you know, men have testosterone, you know, call a spade a spade. And testosterone allows men to do, you know, what is considered manly things, which that would be working. Um, It allows a man to give himself more, I would say. And you can see this in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve kind of fall and they're basically, for lack of a better term, booted out of the the Garden of Eden. You know, what does he tell Adam? He says, you're going to work and toil in the soil in order to provide for your family. And he does that because he knows that Adam is capable of doing that. You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be, you know, laborious. And it's not going to be as easy as it was in the Garden of Eden. But God equips him with the things he needs to go do it. And he does that with every single man, you know. I brought up earlier about how a man needs to work in order to provide his family. And what does that mean? You know, 
I believe it's my it's under my opinion that most men don't actually want to work, you know, eight, nine, sometimes ten hours, ten hours a day, you know. They might want to, like, go home and spend time with their kids. They want to spend time with their wives. They want to maybe go, they want to go to Mass every day. They want to be able to do a holy every day. But work kind of takes a big chunk out of their time. And the thing I said was that that's okay. It's part of your ministry. It's part of your mission to sacrifice that chunk of your day to go work, go be a servant to someone else to provide for your family. That's your sacrifice. That's part of that cross that you guys talked about earlier. Because if you don't, you know, you still might have a family, but that family will not be able to thrive. And if they're not thriving, they're not going to be able to have that close relationship with God if, they're, if their basic needs of food, water, shelter, and clothing aren't met. So that's, that's kind of a good place to start there. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. And it does, it does go back to, to the difference again between men and women and how we have, um, you know, we have equal dignity in God's eyes. However, we are different. We are complementary. Um, there are things that guys can do that I cannot do and I don't, really want to um and I feel like vice versa so um you know it it does go back to like the protection and provision aspect of a man's life and you know that can start even before he's married before he has a family um so I'm really glad that you that you touched on that absolutely that it is it is a sacrifice um and the word you used earlier in our in our conversation was um that it was also a great act of ministry for the family which um I really loved because it is you're still you know even at work you're still um undergoing personal formation but also ministering for the faith for the importance of family Mm -hmm. um and that can show up in in any aspect of your day and I think it's really important that that's considered um, well before marriage and family mm-hmm. and having to provide in that way. Yeah. So. No, yeah, I, especially in my life, you know, doing my old sermon of vocation, priesthood, uh, married life, you know, you start to learn about how there is that kind of preparatory stage of life that I think God wants all people to go through before they can enter into the next stage, you know. And whether that be growth or kind of healing in some areas that needs to take place. You know, I think God always wants us to just kind of view the truth, you know, and sometimes the truth is that you kind of are lacking in certain areas of your life that he wants to help you grow in. And so if he's, you know, kind of calling you to that area of your life of, you know, maybe cleaning some things up, just know that he's going to be there for you and he wants you, to, he wants to do this for you. That way he can bring you to the next stage of life. I wish y'all could see, like, the smiles that are just, like, passing between us, like, as we're just talking through it. It's just, wow. Really good conversation. Right. It's hard to think about this, like, from the standpoint of a woman. Because, like, some of the things that Karen and I were discussing before we called you and started talking to you were things like the importance of um, men being, like, the very calmly assertive... Um, type like we noticed in St. Joseph, 
you know, mm-hmm. so um, when he gets up and leads Mary and Jesus out of Bethlehem, mm-hmm. like he, he gets up and goes and she doesn't question. Um, she trusts completely trusts him, yeah. you know, as one should trust their spouse and, um, and the Lord. And he was ready. He was quietly and calmly assertive in that manner. And so some of the things that we were talking about were the intentionality behind those actions and how important it is for us to see that in men um, in in terms of, how did we put this? I'm trying to say it in a way that doesn't come across as like, I don't know, um, like naggy or anything but it's attractive like those qualities i was about to say let's just say it for what it is like yeah we just, we, we it's went right out and said like it is so attractive when guys are so clear with their intentions yes absolutely like clarity is everything clarity um clarity yes. yeah and and courage you know i know i know that it takes a lot of courage to mm-hmm. like you know, talk about your intentions and make them known. And be clear with those intentions. But and like, to be clear with those intentions. But, like, it... You but know, I would have greater respect for you, even if even if the answer was, you know, I, I'm not interested, I don't see anything between us. Like, I have greater respect for you as a man, like, if you were making your intentions very clear. Because you thought that I was worth it. Yeah. To be clear enough with your intentions. Exactly. And it's just nice. I mean, it's, it's not just nice knowing that, but, but like, it's, it's important. It's really important because you are able to see that man as someone who's able to be, um, a assertive with his decisions, be intentional, um, and see clear, which are all things that are going to be necessary, um, for the future, which by the way, Catholic women are always thinking about their future. Like if they've discerned like marriage, then they're constantly thinking about like, would this man make a good father? Because you, you are meant to be raising saints for the church. So if I'm, if I look at you and I, I can't, see you as someone who would like protect provide and lead make those assertive decisions be calm about it and and then you know i couldn't i don't feel like i could trust you to be the kind of father that like father will was talking about in his homily today um and so that's kind of like the biggest thing that we were talking about before i got on the phone with you and that's how we were looking at it um from that standpoint of, you know, what what do we see masculinity as? And really it's taking that deep intentional faith and relationship with Christ and sharing it and spreading it. Leading other people, helping to form them, um, forming yourself, like not forgetting about how important it is to form yourself and, you know, deepen your own relationship with Christ. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Karen's like, dang. Because I don't know, like, gosh, you just, you phrase it so well. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> any thoughts on that, Galen? Yeah, I mean, St. Joseph is definitely a big hero of mine. Um, it's, it's amazing how the man has 
not said a word and so little is said about him yet I have several books on the man mm-hmm. um, I mean talk like a man who is defined by his actions you know that to me is a mark of of true masculinity you know people I've, I've been around a lot of people who you know said certain things and and then done something completely different you know St. Joseph is a man who's like doesn't have to say it he's gonna do what he's gonna do you know like he one one big revelation I had about St. Joseph was you know I need you to take you know Mary and Jesus several several miles to a, to a safe place and never said a word just up and did it and you gotta realize like St. Joseph was probably the least holy person in that family because you have the Blessed Virgin Mary who was born without sin Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. had Jesus, the literal son of God, the literal son of God, <laughs> and then you had Joseph, who was a mortal man. Yeah, who was probably, but God entrusted the two holiest people to ever walk the face of the earth into His custody. Mm-hmm. So whenever, you know, God's whenever God said, Jesus, uh, Joseph, I need you to take your family to a safe place. He said, Yes, sir, Father, I will. And you got to realize, you know, to me. You, it's 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 shocking because you got to think that when when Joseph was taking his family all the way across that land, the devil was probably in his ear twenty four seven saying, "You can't do this. Mm-hmm. They're better off without you." He ne- but it's like in the Bible, he never said a word. He just kept going. The man has a great amount of fortitude, great amount of courage, great amount of persistence. Um, and to me, I think that comes from, you know, his relationship with Christ. I think I read somewhere about how, you know, Jesus, uh, Joseph prayed on the situation with Mary before he made a decision. And it was at night when he was sleeping that he received an answer. That means that his prayer was so strong that it continued into his rest. That's why we celebrate sleeping St. Joseph when we have that statue. Mm-hmm. Well, so that our prayers can be just like St. Joseph's and they can lead into our sleep and we stay in that constant state of prayer. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Um, for those who are not familiar with the devotion to Sleeping St. Joseph, I have one. I've had one for several years. So the Catholic tradition is that you get a Sleeping St. Joseph statue, obviously get it blessed um, by a priest, but... The point is to take a note card, take a piece of paper, whatever you have, write down your prayer intentions, write whatever you would like assistance interceding of St. Joseph for, and simply place it underneath the statue. And it's, you know, it's not like a, just because you do it, you're going to get what you want. That's, That's not it at all, you know, and it's not like similar to how sometimes we can think that, you know, if we pray a certain novena, if we pray a certain prayer, like, we're going to get our prayers answered in the way that we're hoping them to. That's that's not it at all. Right. That's not how prayers work. That's not how <laughs> prayers work, no. Um, similarly, the Lord is not, like, you know, the Lord himself cannot be put in a box. We can't just, like, put a quarter in a jukebox and get exactly the song that we're looking for. That's, that's not it at all. It's, you tell St. Joseph, you write to him, what you would like help for, what what you would like his assistance for, 
you put it on this paper and you place it into the statue and coming from personal experience, you know, it's, I have had a great devotion to St. Joseph for the past couple of years and he is one of my favorite people ever. Um, for someone who also, you know, is in love with, you know, true masculinity and what that looks like, um, in the church, St. Joseph just immediately comes to mind. So hearing y'all talk about him and, you know, it's, there is, there is some great, great graces to become of going into the idea of sleeping St. Joseph and the tradition and this statue. So highly recommend, um, definitely looking into this, um, little habit. Um, I think I found out about it through Instagram a couple years ago because I knew that the Pope had one and I was like, well, mom, you know, like if the Pope has one, then I need one. And she was like, <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, All right. Um, so how can you recommend if y'all aren't familiar with this tradition? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, kind of continuing on with the courage, you know, with being one of the four theological virtues of fortitude, courage for the everyday man is, is very important because, you know, God bestows man of the, of the father of the house to be both protector and provider. We kind of spoke about providing, about going to work, but also that protector part of like, you are the first and like the first and last line of defense for your family. You know, I read, I think I heard somewhere about how when like if a child or not a child, but if like, if someone is possessed by a demon and an exorcist comes in, the first thing they do is they pray with the father. Because as the father, you're the gateway for graces to be bestowed upon your family. But also, you're, if you're not sound yourself, you can also allow evil things to come into your family. And so, it's kind of like, I like to think of it as like, God bestowed Peter to be the rock of the church. And the family itself is its own domestic church. And the father is the rock upon which the church of the domestic church is built. And so, as that rock, you are called to be sturdy to be courageous and to exercise that virtue of fortitude and to make sure that your family is, is, uh, you know, strong within the Lord. And it kind of goes back into like earlier about saying, uh, with theology of the body, you know, a man, and this will, this will kind of go into how a man can help a woman to kind of grow in her spirituality, Mm -hmm. you know, it's my it's it's of my opinion that like men look to women for kind of I don't want to say nourishment but like what's the word I'm looking for nurturing nurturing yeah nurturing mm-hmm. and women look to men for kind of like that sturdiness protection mm-hmm. protection yeah protection sturdiness you know if the woman feels safe she is free to express herself in the way that God intended her to be. If she can be all that she, she was can be, yeah, to she can be. be all that she needs to be, you know, but she doesn't have that physical rock in her life, which is the man, you know, then now she has to worry about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She feels know? like she has to be the man, right? Yeah. She like she has to take on both roles, which is not how we were created. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously like both man and woman, when they come together in marriage, both of them um, imitate Christ and men go more into that sturdiness of Christ and women go into more of that nourishment. Mm -hmm. And so men, 
you know, through the virtue of fortitude, have to kind of cultivate that. Kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of stoic, you know. I don't think the Catholic Church really calls it stoicism, but it is a, it is a form of stoicism of not letting certain things affect you, learning how to overcome certain obstacles, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really like that, um, especially because you know I, I really liked what you what you touched on in you know, in being that sturdiness and being that rock, it allows the woman to come into like what it is that she was created for, which is caregiving, which is homemaking. Um, and, um, not to get all up in arms about like career wise or anything like that. That's totally different. Um, but in the natural, um, church as like Eve was created to bear the children and raise the children and, um, and care for them in that way. And then the man was created to protect and provide. And then after they fell, um, like you said, Adam was toiling. And, um, I just think that it's really important to get across that, um, society has kind of worked this image of what men and women are for one. Um, and, have been created for. And I think that it's become this problem of, you know, well, you're basically saying that like a woman can't do what a man can do and a woman can't provide and a woman can't protect. Um, like, I just kind of feel like there's too much um, of I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess um, people become too defensive in that they manipulate the words that other people are trying to say. So it's become less of a, um, let's figure out how to work through these things and, and how I was created and how you were created um, and how those things work well together and more of a, well, you're telling me I can't do this um, and you're telling me I can't do that. And I think it goes um, on both sides. And, you know, some women feel like, you know, because the man has this natural role, like she can't do certain things. But then also, you know, on the on the other side of things, women too have to be careful with the way that they address men and making sure that they're not being like nitpicky or telling them you don't know how to do this in the role of like the caregiving side of the father you know still caring for the children in that way um and i had another thing i was gonna say but then i kind of forgot it so i'm gonna pull a father will and skip this one that um. <laughs> that is okay because I yeah. love no 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 I love that you just got done saying um, the role of a father and that you you said he was kind of like half and half where he is the protector and he is the provider but also the caregiver and what came to my mind was the immediately I'm talking like as soon as you said that um, the book the return of the prodigal son by it's either Henry Newman or Henry Nowen. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I read that book like two Christmases ago and y'all, y'all want to talk about a book that changed my life. Um, I can recommend, but long story short, Henry Nguyen 
does a phenomenal job in writing about how the father and he writes his he writes his book solely based on the painting um the prodigal son so Mm -hmm. in this painting what's happening so um you know there's the father it's there's the eldest son and there's the prodigal son so the prodigal son let's talk about the story real quick he the prodigal son was the younger son of the two um and he decided to take all of his father's inheritance basically was saying father i don't care about you anymore i'm gonna take what's mine and i'm gonna go spend it however i want to and that's exactly what he did he went to town and he squandered it as you can see it did not end well for him um he lost everything um he ends up in this pig pen eating with pigs literally and this is where he realizes like oh dang i realized i made a mistake um (laughs) he's like i'm gonna go back i'm gonna apologize uh to my dad and i'm just hopefully he'll be merciful basically what happens so he goes back um keep in mind the eldest son is still there the eldest son i don't think ever leaves um so he's been faithful um the prodigal son returns and i don't think he even reaches like the doorstep i think the father like runs out and he sees him in the distance the father sees in the distance and he just runs and it's this this glorious embrace and you know the son starts to say father i'm sorry i don't i don't deserve to be called your son anymore da, 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 da. and he doesn't even let him finish because he's like he's so calling to the servants mm-hmm, he's calling to the servants and he's like get your fattest calf go slaughter it um get your finest ring the robes the shoes yep. and he starts let's celebrate because you came back to me yeah exactly mm-hmm. and it's just this beautiful 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 painting um and in this book, Henry Newen, like I said, does a phenomenal job of using his words to show how, if you look at the painting, the father's two hands on the prodigal son, one is like, it looks more feminine than the other. And that is where he took off and ran with it in the sense of he talks about how the father you know, in today's society is both provider, protector, but also caring. He's strong, brave, courage, and all the, you know, quote unquote, manly virtues and manly qualities, but also he's caring. He's kind. He's forgiving. He's merciful. He's loving. And it's just, uh, it's so good that like, I guess yeah. you took a Paul the Will and you just forgot about it because that's where I picked it right back up. I picked it right back up. Yeah. <laughs> Such a beautiful painting. Um, Oh, good. I guess my final question for you, Galen, is as women, what are we called to do? What do men need from us in order to um, just reaffirm their masculinity in times such as these? I'm so glad you decided to bring this back. I didn't think we were going to get to this. I, was, I want to get to I it. I was we, so glad. We only have a little bit, but I, I, want to, I want to get to this. Or what would... Not necessarily, like, what do men need from us? Yes, answer that. But, like, what would, like, young men such as yourselves, like, want from us? As, Mm -hmm. like, not just Catholic young women, but, like, as young women who 
want to, I guess, in Cameron's words, like revert, reverse like this toxic masculinity mm-hmm. that we're so accustomed to. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, That's a super no pressure. Heavy question. <laughs> no pressure on answering that one. Yeah, uh, what, what do men want from us women? <laughs> oh man. Um. This, 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 this. <laughs> sorry, wow. just make a list. We'll just try wow. Um. I mean, I guess just, just thinking out loud, I mean, kind of harking back to what I said earlier about how women kind of desire that kind of stoicism, that, that courage and that fortitude from the man that she can rely on, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you can kind of look at the same thing from the man's perspective. If he's, if he is the, the stoic, courageous provider for the family and the woman is the provider of the nourishment. You know, sometimes he is, he is in need of that of that nourishment. You know, I know it in, in in my in my personal life, and I think some other men kind of feel this way is that we we do like um, the affirmation that we are good. You know, I think and everybody everybody wants to know that they are good. Mm-hmm. You know, we are created to be good for this world, and I think that in the sacrament of holy matrimony, a woman of providing that nourishment to the man of that acknowledgement that he is good fills, that, fills the soul of the man and helps him elevate himself to become even more courageous, even more stoic, even more, uh, I don't want to say fortuitous, but... Um, <laughs> Increase his fortitude, for lack of a better term. Um, I'd say more practically things that like I look for in a woman. Um, someone that I know I can trust I can leave my children with when I go to work. You know, someone that I know when I go off to work to earn a living, is my wife going to be there to continue bestowing the virtues upon my children, you know, because just, you know, just like the woman doesn't want to be the only one taking the kids to church, and obviously you don't want the deadbeat dad who doesn't go to church, Mm -hmm. you know, I think most, like, full-on Catholic men who are striving to be everything God wants them to be, wants to know that their partner in this holy matrimony that God has put them in will continue to raise children um, with the same ideals as the man is hoping. You know? Just that's just kind of some stuff off the top of my head that I can think about. Yeah. No, that's really good. Thank you for that. Um, I just think yeah, about. I'm very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, um wow. Gosh, thank you Who so knew? much. Words of affirmation. <gasps> <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's that, that it's a thing. is one of the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation. Um, I will say, because um, we, we did have, uh, Cameron and I went and had lunch um, together with some of our good girlfriends earlier today after Mass. Um, and something that came up was um, allowing and giving young men the opportunities to lead and to receive that well. So I know as 
young ladies, like there are some of us, I hope you can see in my hand raising that it is so hard to receive, <laughs> but that, that is important. And I think hopefully Galen has, you know, all the things that you just said, hopefully I guess this can be added to your list of things you might want us as young women to, to do, I guess, to help affirm y'all on y'all's journey. Um, like, but allowing young men to be men. Right. Allowing them to lead. Allowing them to to provide. And giving them opportunities to do so. Yep. Gosh, ladies. Let the guy open the door. <laughs> I mean, goodness. <laughs> we know you're strong. You can open a door. But let him do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're just... Gosh... So really, mm-hmm, really, really good stuff. Um, I will say that, like, so another young man that we asked for advice um, about the topic of masculinity, I guess, to, like, wrap things up a little bit, um, my boyfriend, Wyatt, and he had a, gosh, he has said so many, so many wonderful things. I can't, I can't express how impressed I am. Um. But one of the things that he talks about, um, he said, young men also should not be intimidated by any of what God calls them to do because God didn't make us for mediocrity. He made us to bring greatness into the world. We all have the potential. We just have to bring it out through introspective reflection and commitment to follow our ideals. Gosh, and he just... I guess that just like hits it on the head. Yeah, like hits it on the nail. Yeah. That's, that's something I kind of talk about in spiritual direction. Uh, it's the idea of like, and I know we're gonna wrap this up, so I'll keep it quick. Um, one of my one of my heroes in life, and this is gonna be the most stereotypical thing I'm gonna say, but one of my heroes is John Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's like we're both kind of six four, you know, big tall men. But you you think about a guy like John Wayne. He was at least his characters that he played were just super courageous. And you and you like if you look back, most of his characters were upright, stood for justice, and would not back down no matter how much they faced. Mm. And one thing I kind of told Father Chris in my spiritual direction was like. What if you took a guy like John Wayne and he submitted to Christ? You know, like, <laughs> I guessed. <laughs> I mean, like, like to me, like obviously God wants all people to come to Him, right? Like mm-hmm. we're all called to submit to Christ. Mm-hmm. But if men can build themselves up to the point of that level of again, stoicism fortitude, the, like the way that John Wayne kind of portrayed himself and then submit himself to Christ. Imagine what Christ could do with those men. You know, maybe this is another topic for like another episode someday, but like just being the heroic man that God wants you to be for his church. You know, I, I mean, if I can finish up with uh, something I, I found the other day, it's, it's, a, it's a little inscript from a, from a book titled There's Always a Time for Heroism. Um, just for like a little background, there, it's, it's this short little passage about uh, this guy named Wendell Phillips, and he's talking with this young boy. Um, 
It starts like this. Once, Wendell Phillips and a, and a young friend were sitting by the fire. It was a memorable evening. Recollections had flushed the cheeks of the veteran campaigner. Memories of former heroic days had loosened his tongue. He had completely lost himself in the thrilling rectangle of the past. The young visitor sat enthralled. At last, when he recognized that the evening was far gone, he rose with a start. Mr. Phillips, he exclaimed, as he grasped the older man's hand. If I had lived in your time, I think I would have been heroic too. The veteran, who had accompanied his young visitor to the door, was nicely aroused. As he pointed down the street, he drew the attention of his companion to the flaunting indications of audacious vice. His voice was tremulous with indignation as he exclaimed, Young man, you are living in my time, and in God's time. Be sure of this, no man could have been heroic then who is not heroic now. Wow. So that's kind of been like my, my deal, you know, I can be who I am and submit myself to Christ, or I can grow in the way God's asking me to grow so that I can better do the things that God wants me to do. Hmm. <laughs> that's really excellent. <laughs> Cameron and I were just like, wow. Yeah. I, I don't think we can say anything after that. That's just... Gosh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We appreciate it. Also, you said an episode for another time, so that sounds like you want to be on the pod again. (laughs) So maybe we'll have to have you back. Possibly. All right. Possibly. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Kidding, kidding. Gosh, Karen. Yeah. Um, We know that was like a really heavy topic for our second episode um we just dove right in yeah we did I'm so because proud of us. we guys we don't have the time to just sit here and not talk about things that are actually important in formation i mean you you know okay this is gonna be really cheesy but the term <laughs> i can't even say it the term yolo like you only live once think about that you you do so what are you going to do with the life that you're living how are you going to deepen your relationship with christ so that when you face him on the day of your death he doesn't say i don't know you like i mean that's why we dove right in this is important this is something that we're passionate about yeah it is um so on that note Holy spontaneity moment of the week slash day. Let's do day. Um, I actually have one. It's kind of really dumb. We did that. So, Galen, you're not familiar. Um, So, our title is Holy Spontaneity. Basically, it's trying to get better at trusting and surrendering um, all of who we are and what we are to the Lord and trying to find Him in the moments of every day. So, um, where did we find God today? Where did... Where did we trust? Where did we surrender? Et cetera, et cetera. I have one. Yeah, it's really, um, it's kind of funny. So my dress that I wore for mass this morning that I am still in, it's (laughs) five o'clock, five 30. Um, I, the sleeves are like just a little loose on me because I'm not that tall. (laughs) Um, and so I, needed a safety pin to hold each of the sleeves up. Well, I found one and I couldn't find another. And I was like, that's okay. I veiled to mass. I'll just like put my veil on in a way that like, I guess keeps my sleeve up or something like that, or it's hidden. 
um, and I was walking out to my car, and on the driveway, I found a safety pin. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No way. Yeah, and I don't know where it came from, but I was like, Thanks, okay, God, God. <laughs> thanks for that. I appreciate it. So, yeah, that's mine. Thanks, God. All right, so, Galen, did you have a holy spontaneity moment? Uh, yeah, I mean... I'm on I'm on internship this this summer for a company in Houston, and um, you know the Lord is very he's got a sense of humor, mm. as he always does, um, and he he always knows exactly what you need, and so, you know, in this internship, just kind of relearning to submit myself to someone, you know, after four years of football, you know, there is that kind of little bit of pride that can build up. I'm like, look what I did, mm-hmm. you know? But kind of having that experience of going into a workspace and learning to submit to another person and then also leaning more into God to get you through the thing that you think he's asking you to do. Yeah. Had that kind of revelation this week. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a lot deeper than my finding it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot deeper than my finding a, a safety pin on the driveway. <laughs> Well, it's okay. You got that medium. You got that medium. I've got a happy medium. Um, <laughs> today, um, after Mass, um, I mean, it was said in the announcements beforehand so families could come and prepare. Um, but since today was, not was, is, um, the solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, um, St. Mary's took that seriously, which, praise God. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and they exposed Jesus and the monstrance on the altar um, for, what, like five, six minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I thought it was the coolest thing because they did it while Mass was like, it, like Mass didn't end and then they did adoration. It right. was, Mass ended after adoration. So everyone who was already there, like, kind of was... And I don't want to say forced to stay, but, like, they were were forced to stay. And it was only five minutes. And I kid you not, like, this mass, obviously, like, was filled with fathers. There were so many children. There were so many families. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just, you know, college kids who were still in town, but, like, this mass was packed. And, you know, it was the final blessing, final announcements, and then Father Will explaining um, what adoration was, what a monstrance is, and etc etc and then he just you know that was it he went and got jesus he exposed him on the altar and in this beautiful monstrance that we have and it was just that for like five six minutes of just silent adoration and it was like the fact that he did it before the end of mass Mm -hmm. so everyone was forced to stay and everyone was forced to like be a witness to the glory of god yep which is what the Eucharist is, which is the source of seven of our Catholic faith, which is like so many graces in adoration, even just for like a minute, let alone five, six minutes. And so I thought that was just really, really cool. Just it being was. kind of, yeah. it would have been awkward if I just like walked out. Well, <laughs> yeah. it was like Jesus but, would have been I on mean, the altar. A lot of these people have maybe never, never done that experienced before. adoration exactly. before. And so they got a little taste of it and hopefully a little um, heaven. Yeah, Man. little taste of heaven. Oops, well, we that. get that in mass, like sure every day or week, depending on but where also, we go. Yeah, so. that is my holy spontaneity moment. Um, wow, y'all, what Dang. an episode! What an episode! And we're only on episode two. Dang. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you all so much for listening. Galen, thank you again for giving us your time. Um, your advice. Wow, you're going to change this world. Um, <laughs> um, very blessed to have you here. Guys, um, in case you haven't told yet today, y'all are loved. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your day to listen to us who just are passionate about... Amateur radio operators. Amateur <laughs> radio operators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually... You know, St. Maximilian Colby, pray for pray us. St. Joseph, pray for, pray for us. us. Pray for us. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. See you next week.